Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Hola, mi gente. How are you? Welcome back. <laughs> Why do we always laugh? <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I want to know, um, maybe I'll post something on my Instagram and Facebook just to get an idea. Like, what day of the week do you guys like listening to your two podcasts? Like, what day of the week do you enjoy listening to podcasts? So my day that I like to listen is on Saturdays, and that's because I'm usually cleaning, driving. I I don't know, like I usually post on Wednesdays. Um, I tried Friday, and I got a lot of listeners on Fridays. Um, but I'm just curious, like should I post on Sundays? Should I post on Mondays? I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> So yes, I I want to make like a set schedule and I want to get ahead of myself, but it's really hard because I'm back at work. Yes, um, we're back in the building and kids are starting to come in and, um, you know, just returning to normal a little bit. But that also leaves less time for me to have time to research um, working from home, you know, you're at home, you have more free time to research during your breaks. Whereas at school, it's like, we're going, eh, it's a big, it's a mess. <laughs> so doing my research has now become a job, which is what I didn't want this podcast to become. The good thing is I have lots of research already done. But it's like, I don't know, when I hear a story during the week, it's like, I want to tell you. Like this week I heard a really good one and I even told my mom I wanted to do it. But I am like, no, because I just found out that there is a Netflix series in Spanish, but I still want to watch it before I tell the story I wanted to share. So of course they reached into my cold case files and yeah, like I said, people who vanish with no trace left behind. Those are fascinating. I want to pull you guys into the world of cold case files. I have been obsessed with cold case files, cold case murders, cold case missing persons, cold case anything. And the reason I'm obsessed with it is because just like missing persons, I just, it's, mind-blowing how a person can be missing or just disappear or gone and nobody knows anything <laughs> it's crazy really crazy um so i have two really good stories that have stuck with me throughout the years and i want to share them with you and even after all these years there are still no clues to what happened to these two people. So the first one I want to get into, Lars Mitek. 
I hope I said that correct. Mitink. Lars Mitink. Now, on June 30th, 2014, Lars traveled to Bulgaria with friends to a popular party place for young people. He and several of his friends stood at the same hotel and were planning to leave together on July 7th. So they were taking like a week trip, going to party it up in Bulgaria. I think they were German. I'm not sure. So yeah, they're in a foreign place, but they're having a good time. And when young kids go to party places, you know that there's lots of alcohol involved, drugs, and whatever. Now, of course, he and his friends, they were having a great time. But the night before they were to leave, Lars got into a fight with some with some people that were rooting for his rival. His rival football club. I'm hoping he's a Barcelona fan, but... <laughs> but anyway, so he gets into a fight and... Girl, I'm telling you, those futbolistas, oh my gosh... Like, they, their respect for their clubs, they are, like, they literally will, oh my god, there, maybe I should do an episode on that one. There are some crazy-ass fans out there who have done some crazy things during football games. So, yeah, so they, you know, it's, it's a serious thing. So I could see why he got into a fight with his rival club people. So, um, the fight, it actually turned really ugly. And during the fight, Lars got hit really hard in his ear. And he ended up suffering a ruptured eardrum. Which, gosh, I can't imagine how painful that must be. So, he goes to a local doctor. And the doctor says that he shouldn't fly the next day because they are supposed to go home the next day. Probably due to the pressure on the plane, right? So Lars is left behind and his friends go home on their flight that they had already. Now, I I would not leave my friend behind in a foreign country. I don't care if it's a dude. I don't... You mean... Yeah. Somebody should have stood with him. So the doctor... Um, prescribes him an antibiotic. I believe it was called Surferoxim um, 500. So Lars checks in after he gets his medicine. He checks into a different hotel, um, Hotel Color. And later that night, he calls his mom. And he tells her everything. But he also tells her he thinks he's being followed. He tells her that four guys had been following him and wanted to know what pills he was prescribed. Then during the conversation, he asks his mom if she can cancel his credit cards because he doesn't trust the hotel and he felt like something strange was going on. So his mom is freaking out and she buys him a ticket to leave the next day because she is like, you're getting your ass home. You're freaking me out. Get on the plane whether the doctor says yes or no. So Lars arrives to the airport the next morning and he's seen on video surveillance. He speaks to a woman who points at something to him. He then goes to see the airport medical services. 
So he enters the medical room, which I believe was like a little office, with his backpack and luggage and spends about 40 minutes here. So the doctor on duty is talking to Lars. I'm assuming he was maybe trying to see like, see, this is where it's not clear. And this is where my facts, like I'm missing facts, because why is he spending 40 minutes in the medical office at the airport? Was he afraid to travel because of the doctor that said, don't fly? I just, I'm wondering what conversation he's having with this doctor. But while he's having that conversation with the doctor, a man opens the door to the medical office and he is dressed in a construction suit. Immediately, Lars grows nervous. He mumbles something to the doctor and then runs out of the medical office and all the way out the airport with none of his luggage. He just books it out of the airport. He then proceeds to run across the parking lot and then jumps a fence into a wooded area. And then he continues to run until he's out of sight on the surveillance cameras. And he is never seen or heard from again. Now, putting all that together, people have speculated three things. So people think that due to the head blow, he may have had brain trauma or damage that caused him to act this way. And I can understand that. What really sucks is if it was continuously getting worse and he actually loses his, his memory and then he doesn't even remember where he is. Like, that is frightening. Um, another possibility was that one of the side effects of the medication could have made him paranoid. I've taken some antibiotics that I remember reading one of the side effects as being paranoid. So it could have been that. But the th- my, my theory on that theory is that if that is the case, eventually the antibiotic would be out of his system. Especially since he left his luggage at the airport, he didn't have the rest of that antibiotic. So when it gets out of his system, he should have been mentally stable to go back to wherever he needed to to find his home. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not sure how I feel about that one. And then the other theory was maybe he had taken a bunch of illegal drugs and suffered a mental breakdown because of all the drugs he took. Well, remember, they were out there partying, having a good time, probably dropping acid, ecstasy, whatever. And if he took a lot of acid, like sometimes that stuff can linger in your brain for days. So, uh, not your brain, but your body, you know? Sorry, I don't ever do acid, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to put this together. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But what I do know is they've never found anything. No one's ever seen him, you know? If it, if it were mental issues, like... Nobody's ever seen him. Um, This was a very highly publicized incident in this area of Bulgaria. There were flyers everywhere. His family launched a lot of different things to help find him. And not a single person ever came up and said that they knew information, saw anything. Just nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's terrifying because this young guy is 
going on a trip to have a great time with friends and gets injured, I mean, head injuries are serious. Um, they will mess, they can mess your mind up. Like, that's scary in itself. So, I don't know. I don't know what happened here. And who knows? Maybe he was being chased. Maybe he was being followed. There was also a theory of maybe he was a drug mule and people were onto him and he was scared for his life because now his friends are gone and he's by himself, you know? Um, and that could be true too. And we know how, you know, drugs and gangs and all that runs, you know, they'll kill you if you do something wrong, you know? So that's another theory. All right, so that was the story of Lars Matink. And you can look that up if you want to know more information on it. But like I said, as the years have gone on, this happened in 2014, there's not much more <laughs> to know. And if there is and you find something, please let me know because um, I would love to. Like I said, it's a story I remember hearing and thinking, how can a person just disappear? And nobody knows, especially someone who is in a foreign land. He left all of his stuff, his identification, his everything was left at the airport. He ran out with nothing but the clothes on his body. That is why I'm obsessed with these cold cases. All right. Now, this next case is actually really mind-blowing to me because it mixes my love of cold cases and, well, I'll just leave it. <laughs> I'll surprise you. <laughs> so this is another missing persons case, another cold, another cold case. This is a story of Granger Taylor. Now, Granger Taylor... He was a big guy. He was a big dude, okay? He was 6'3", and he was big and burly. Yes, he looked like a big bear. <laughs> now, Granger was a self-taught mechanic. Some would even say he was a mechanical genius. Of course, as most genius do, he dropped out of school. Probably was bored if he's a genius, now, at the age of 17, he was super impressive at building things. So, for example, he restored a bulldozer that it even experienced mechanics gave up on. But he did it. He fixed it, and it worked. He then restored a locomotive from the Depression era that was abandoned deep in the woods. Now, it took him two years to haul every part of this locomotive from deep in the woods and then he would fix the parts and bring them back to his home or wherever he worked and he put it all back together and it worked. Uh, then he went to purchase a old airplane that he also restored and sold to a collector for over 20 grand. So this young man, he, he's really good at what he does. Now in the late 70s, he wanted to aim a little bit higher. Now he was always obsessed with the anatomy of flying saucers. 
Yes, y'all, it's an alien story. (laughs) I snuck it in, I snuck it in. (laughs) So he studied them in books, and so he would study the flying saucers in books, and he built a model that he spent lots of time in studying more about them and how they work and fly. Now, it was like, it looked like a little clubhouse because he had like a couch inside, a desk inside, and he would just spend hours and hours in there studying these flying saucers. He wanted to build one that worked. So one day, Granger tells a friend that he received a telepathic message from an E.T., Hmm, remember I mentioned those aliens who communicate telepathically? Hmm, wonder if it's them. He even said that he asked about their crafts, and they told him that their systems were magnetic. So that's how they worked. Days later, the voice came back and offered the gift of a lifetime. The E.T. offered to take him on a trip through the solar system, and Granger was ecstatic. Now his friends thought it was crazy, but he was a funny guy, and no one really thought anything of it when he mentions this. The day before he was set to leave, he even took his closest friends out for a beer, like a goodbye celebration. Crazy, right? That night, he also sat and talked for a really long time with his stepfather. He thanked him for everything he gave him in life and even told him to let his mother know that he was very grateful to both of them because I believe his mother was out of town, but he had to go. The next day, he kept saying, like, tomorrow's the day, I'm leaving, and he's pretty much saying goodbye to everybody. But his stepfather also thought nothing of it because apparently Granger was just, you know, a humorous dude. But why is no one concerned? Like, he's literally saying goodbye. If that was my friend or my son or child, (laughs) red flag, that is a huge red flag. So on November 29th, 1980, it was a stormy day. And that night, Granger wrote his parents this letter. Dear Mother and Father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship as recurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. I am leaving behind all my possessions to you as I will no longer require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. Um, what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) imagine getting that note from your son. (laughs) Now, his parents never say that he had mental issues, you know? So, I mean, he seems in a good mood. Like, he's excited to go on this voyage. What throws me off is he says, a 42-month voyage where I will return. So he's going to come back, he claims. But remember, time and space is not the same as time on Earth. So think about that. Either that day or the next morning, Granger 
gets into his pickup truck and drives away. And he's never heard from ever again. Now the next morning, his family and friends start to worry. Now they start to worry, right? Um, Because they can't find him. And his stepfather called the Royal Canadian Police and they searched everywhere, but nothing was ever found. Now, of course, people spread rumors about Granger Taylor and how he must have killed himself. But however, one thing is for sure, and that is that not a trace of his truck or him was ever found. I know it sounds crazy, but what if he's out there traveling the solar system and using his genius for something great? I like that ending a lot better than to think of something negative. Maybe he was approached... Okay, now remember, he's a mechanical genius, okay? So here's my other theory. Maybe he was approached by higher intelligence in the government, right? If you work for the government, you know, the government's pretty shady. (laughs) They may have said, like, you know, you have to leave your life behind. You have to leave everyone behind, right? So he makes up this story. I mean, the dude's a genius. He's a genius. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. But whatever the case, wherever Granger is today, whether it's traveling the solar system super jealous by the way, working for the government, creating new technologies we cannot even fathom. Whatever the case, I hope he's at peace and I hope that he is happy. Again, this is the case of Granger Taylor, a mechanical genius. Again, you can go search through articles and videos and If you find any information that I don't know yet, please share it with me. (laughs) So yeah, those are two cold cases of many cases that I have saved and want to share with you. Um, Like I said, I've always been drawn to these cases because the fact that these people just disappear, poof, nothing left. I just, it blows my mind. I've said it before and I'll say it again. So yes, I hope you guys enjoyed those cold cases. Um, Remember I said I'm going on vacation this week. I have a special recording set up for that with my family, my brother. And um, yes, I'm bringing my brother back. (laughs) And um, I'm not sure when I'll get that video up just because I want to actually enjoy my vacation. And not have to worry so much about any type of work. So if I get some downtime, I'll try to edit. If I don't, I'll let you guys know when I'm going to post again. Remember, you can always find me on Instagram at creepychisme, on Twitter, on Facebook groups. Just search creepychisme. You can email me if you have a story you want me to share or an idea. I would love to hear it from you. Anything you want to talk about, um, you can email me at you. That's the number 4-Y-O-U at gmail.com. And maybe you want me to share an experience or story you've had 
I would love to do that. Um, I don't have to say your name. I don't have to say who you are. I can be anonymous if you don't want me to tell people, but I would love to get some uh, listener stories. I would love to get some listener stories out there for my other listeners to hear because that's that's pretty fun. <laughs> Always fun. Um, I had an interesting experience the other day. So a coworker of mine and I were talking and she's really into like meditation and all of that stuff, which I I love meditation. But for some reason, like the past two years of my life, maybe because of everything I've been going through, I cannot get in the right headspace to meditate. There's too much going on in my brain. I have not found that peaceful center to meditate. Um, but she asked me something and I thought of this and I, maybe, maybe you guys can help me. But she wanted to know... When I'm speaking about, like, evil, my demon episodes, (laughs) she asked me, what do I do to protect myself? Now, she's also Latina. She's Mexicana, just like me, but she's, like, born in Mexico. And, you know, like I've said before, (laughs) us Mexicans are very superstitious. So I never really thought much about it. Um, because she said, you know, you're you're speaking about these experiences and hauntings or spirits, but how are you protecting yourself, you know, because you're bringing attention to it. And I was just like, huh? And so I started thinking and I told her, you know, the day I was talking about the Smurl family and their demon haunting, I was in my basement sitting by myself And as I was researching, um, my desk is facing the wall and behind me is just empty space. There's a couch, a TV, but like it's just empty space. And I was researching and I felt, not felt, I didn't feel anything. A big sound came from behind me. I don't know what it was, but it scared me. And it scared me enough to stop doing what I was doing and go upstairs. Like it was time to be done with my research for that story. And I did. I went upstairs, started doing something else. And not until the next day in the daytime, (laughs) I continued that research. Um, And it got me thinking that, you know, what are ways that I can protect myself from evil energies? I know I have a follower who is really into that kind of stuff. And maybe he can message me and teach me how to protect myself. I have a cousin who sent me some crystals. But yeah, like, do you guys believe in that? Do you guys believe that you should always protect yourself from evil energies or negative energies? And how do you do it? Because I'm curious. Do I believe in it? Mm, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to take a chance. So yeah, I'm, I definitely want to know, like, how can I protect myself without having to do any like rituals? How about that? Anyway, <laughs> sorry, my Mexican superstition, I'm just, you know, I just, she got me thinking and now I want to know what are ways you guys take or what are things you guys do to protect yourselves in life? I don't know. Just curious. I just wanted to throw that out there. 
But anyway, I want to keep this short so that I can start my vacation. <laughs> and um, gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening and don't forget, stay creepy.